welcome to Give Him Hell Brigham. Jeff, you left us with a homework assignment last week. I did. To, to make Sam the Cooking Guy, who's a great YouTube channel to follow, uh, to make his Oklahoma onion burger recipe. Did you make it? I did. And it was good, right? I mean, so it was a lot like a smash burger. Like we could call it an Oklahoma onion burger and it makes it fancy. But it was basically just a smash burger with a ton of onions. Yeah. But it was delicious. So what I did, and I think everybody should do this. I didn't even know what it was. A mandolin slicer. Do you know oh, what yeah. that is? Oh, yeah. I didn't even I've, know what it was. I've chopped off a little piece of my finger with one once on accident. Oh, well, there you go. So I didn't know what it was. Sam, the cooking guy, says, hey, use a mandolin slicer. Okay. You can also so went, get gloves that are slice proof so you don't take off your finger because those mandolin slicers are the sharp. most dangerous thing you can use in a kitchen. Yeah, they were sharp. So I went on Amazon, bought one for like 12 bucks. Like it was cheap. And I was able to slice. Well, I, I practiced with apples before I went to the onions. And I was able to slice my apples so thin that if you set it down on the counter, you could just see right through it. But then like it was very clearly you'd hold it up and there was an apple there. So that's what I did with my onions. I did them a little bit thicker than that. And I did a full white onion sliced up that thin and then just chopped it up into like normal sized pieces. And that was, that made the difference, man. Like you don't have, when you do it that way, you know, like normally if you do like a full, like an onion chunk, like you normally like you just dice up an onion, like you got to let it caramelize for a while. And when yeah. you're trying to cook it at the same time as you're cooking these thin patties, like you just don't get that caramelized, right? But where these were so thin, it caramelized this white onion to like this just absolutely phenomenal sweet onion taste mixed in with the burger that I chopped up. I chopped up a short rib and I added, I ground up some short rib and put that in with my ground beef so that I had just a do little bit Do you have a grinder taste. or do you just have the KitchenAid attachment? I don't have anything actually. I just chopped it up because it was a short rib. It was small. So I just chopped it up myself. And just I, mixed I, it. And then just by mixed hand. It. Yeah. I guess yep. that works. And it worked. Like if yeah. I had to do it for anything more than the amount that I was doing, I would have died. But it was phenomenal. But those sweet onions, like that thin, it's a game changer. And I don't know that I'll ever be able to just have diced onions ever again on a burger. It has to be this thin sliced. Like a super sweet. Oh, unbelievable. So I don't have a mandolin slicer. I need to get one. So I just slice mine. So I actually cooked the onions a little bit first. Mm. Uh, I cooked them in butter first before I put them on. Um, and then I, I don't know if you've thought of this. So I, I also added bacon on ours. Oh yeah. And so, too. so I, what I did, and this actually worked really nice is the, I took one of my cast iron skillets. I, I don't know the numbers. It's, it's like a, it's like a seven inch or an eight inch. It's one of the little mini ones, but I took that out and just threw it on the cold side of my blackstone to heat it up as like a warming pan. And so mm. when I, when I was done with the bacon and was done and I like, I used some of the onions on the burgers, but then I saw the leftovers. I just put them in the little skillet. So that way, all of my other things when I was done, it was like, I threw the burgers back onto the cutting board that I had out there. And then I grabbed the skillet, which was warm enough to keep it warm, but not too warm that I burned my hand and just walked inside with it. And it worked out great. But I, yes, it was a fantastic burger. If you've never had a smash burger, it just, it's, do it. I don't like it really like big, thick, like fat burgers. Just like, they don't do it for me. Like it's, 
the yeah. smash burger it's like it's juicy you have the american cheese you got to get american cheese it just melts and it differently yeah. it just tastes like freedom like yep. you yeah. know it was so good i you can hear jets flying overhead as soon as you take a bite yes i shed a star spangled tear of joy as yeah. i you know as i bit into it and it was it was great honestly it's like and it's not that hard i mean i don't know what did you season yours with i just say with spg right yep. salt pepper garlic powder you know same thing and exact same takes like five minutes to cook honestly if you kept if you had raw and i mean i did fries too so there's a little more hectic because i did the bacon and did the fries so there's more like timing involved but if you were just doing straight cheeseburger you could you can do smash burgers for the whole family in under 10 minutes and it will be better and cheaper than any fast food thing which is kind of weird because we were talking about it and we're eating and we're like this is a like a legitimately good burger like you go oh, to any like restaurant a, it's like a 10 11 12 burger right and so but it's you throw two because, patties on there you're full oh yeah but it's, it's like better you, than any it, it's for you utah folks i mean it is uh it's better, I mean, it's better than, than, a, than any anything burger, with a drive astro burger jc yeah it's better I mean, than anything be with that. a drive-thru it really is on par with like a burger bar burger yeah it's, that's how good it is border like it's like as i mean if you start getting crazy toppings that's the only thing you're missing from making it as good as lucky 13 is the crazy toppings like yeah. just go buy some fancy bun like pretty much every grocery store carries brioche buns now or pretzel bun you got options mm-hmm. and you know don't get some janky ballpark crap right like we that's, just did we did steak rolls like they, they at the smiths by my house they have big steak rolls oh that's nice that work on those hamburger buns like so you don't even have to get like crazy fancy. there's a million yeah. different ways to do it and here's the thing you did it on a blackstone i did it on a blackstone you could just as easily do this in a cast iron skillet on your oven in your kitchen you could it's the biggest thing is the real estate though like being able right. to do like so we did doubles and let's see how many I cooked eight patties is like cooking eight patties at once and having them all done at the same time. That is where the magic of the oh, Blackstone comes in. But really the, it's weird though. Cause you think about like fast food and it's like, okay, you go drive through. It's like, if you're not getting a four for four or something off like a dollar menu, you're going to end up paying like nine or $10 for a combo fast food place. And it's like, you do that don't even think about it. But then at the same time, if I'm buying groceries, I'm like, Ugh, beef is like ground beef is 375 a pound. This is ridiculous. We're getting like, I'm not getting that, but it's still so much cheaper. And so to, much cheaper. like, you could eat steak for the same price of going out and eating fast food. You could, you really could. And if you have a Blackstone and you have that real estate, it's kind of foolproof. Like you can't really screw this recipe up. There's a lot of things you can do that. Yeah. You can get it wrong. I made some, uh, I tried to make pad thai this last week. It was a disaster. I use, and I've made pad thai before and I made it really good. This time I tried to just like use what I had. I didn't really think about it beforehand. And so I used like different kind of vegetables. I had to make my own. It was an absolute disaster, like just a, a nightmare. So it's not a foolproof unit like the blackstone is capable of producing bad food but a smash burger unless you blatantly forget about it it's impossible to screw it up yeah because it it doesn't like cook time doesn't really matter because it's like you wait till it bubbles up like where you see the juice on the top side flip it over put the cheese on when the cheese me- is melted it's done right like it's it's, it's pretty much almost cooked all the way through on on the top side's done it's so thin that it's like and it you don't end up losing all of the juice. So even if it's like tempo wise, even if it's, it doesn't matter if it's a medium to well done, it's going to basically come out the same and be perfect. Yep. The only thing I will say 
is the quality of your beef. Like you can't have a bad smash burger, but you could definitely make a smash burger better. You the could quality of your beef can elevate your smash burger. You could take Hershey high country beef and make the world's greatest smash burger. And we're going to take a break here to give a shout out to our sponsor of the show, Hershey High Country Beef, and Scott grew up raising cattle. In fact, his dad was an immigrant from Switzerland who helped settle the Bear Lake Valley and was one of the first to raise cattle there. Scott grew up learning from his grandpa and dad the ins and outs of raising beef, and it's always been his dream to own his own ranch. He found himself immersed in corporate America with his career, you and I relate to that, but always kept his passion ranching on the side as a hobby, similar to this podcast. He and his wife raised five sons and one daughter on the ranch. In the past, because ranching was just a side hobby, the cows would be sold off to meat suppliers and distributors. But recently, as we've all experienced what can happen to disrupted supply chain, i.e. COVID, the shortage was not due to lack of beef supply. It was the inability to process and transport to consumers. With Hershey High Country Beef, the issue is solved as we eliminate the middleman and provide beef directly to consumers. The SWH Ranch raises grass-fed Angus beef in the mountains of southeast Idaho in the summer, along with the Great Salt Lake in the winter. They're presently reserving whole or half beef that will be ready in the early summer. In the future, as they grow their business, they hope to be able to provide on-demand e-options for monthly delivery. So it's free-range grass-fed beef, and grain finished, which is, in my opinion, that's my favorite kind of beef, because if you get grass fed beef, it's usually leaner, but the flavor is a little better. It's a little more punchy of beef. But then when you, when it's grain finished, you still get all of the marbling. So that's my favorite type of beef, uh, animal pan transport and butcher fees are included in the price. So a whole side, it's going to end up anywhere between 2,630, 100 pounds with a $750 deposit. That's going to get you 400 pounds of beef. And so that's, basically 40 cubic feet. So if you don't have a freezer, you're going to need to huh. split this or go buy one mm -hmm. and, or you can get a half side for about 1300, 1500 bucks. And that's going to get you around 200 pounds. And so that's going to be about six shelves in a side-by-side -side freezer or full. Basically it's going to fill your entire normal inside indoor freezer. It is so much beef and it's delicious beef. Hershey highcountrybeef.com, not Hershey, like the candy bar Hershey, H-I-R-S-C-H-I, HersheyHighCountryBeef.com. Phenomenal. I'm, I can't wait till we get our beef from them because it's any, any, you know, if you don't live in Utah or nearby to where you, you know, have access to Hershey, just go find a local rancher. Like you probably have a local beef supplier and the quality of the beef is a night and day difference from something that has been processed and sitting there. Even when you go to the grocery store, it's been sitting there for like a couple months, even like something like an apple, right? Most apples in the grocery store were picked off the tree three months ago. And mm -hmm. lettuce is usually like, I mean, it's, let me think. Well, when I get lettuce, it's about as fresh as you can get it. And it's usually been picked about a week and a half, two weeks before that. Most lettuce in the grocery store is about, you know, month, month and a half pushing like maybe six weeks that's been off the right so if you get fresh cow fresh cattle that is you know if it's been aged it's not just sitting there and obviously if it's aged that makes it better so that affects the freshness but if they're just like chopping it up and giving it to you the grocery store it's been cut and sitting there but if you get good beef that's been sitting in the primal cut for a long time and then you can cut it they package it for you it makes a world of difference it really does i want to point something out as we transition away uh, but I guess before we transition away, we we made it a, a I mean, we talked about this last week on the show. 
that trying to organically work our reads into the show was a little bit awkward. Like it was kind of hard to do it. Yeah. We had a perfect transition. Now we cut away and did the read, but our transition today, I want to give ourselves a pat on the back because that was phenomenal from talking Blackstone smash burgers into an ad about Hershey high country beef. It doesn't get better than what we did. That was seamless. No, the only thing that could have topped that would be an Oklahoma onion burger made with Hershey ground. It's true. Well, all in due time, my friend, because I will absolutely be purchasing uh, at least a half, maybe a whole, I don't know, probably not a whole. I don't know that I'll ever have that much room in my freezer, but uh, I will happily split a whole if some, if, you know, three or four people want to get in, I'm happy to do that. Um, And then we will have an Oklahoma onion burger and I'll be able to review that burger with this beef on a show in the future. And I cannot wait. It will be a very, very glorious day. Just think about that. We talked about it, right? You throw on the American cheese and jets fly overhead. You shed a star spangled banner tear and you immediately just start talking with a little bit of a Southern drawl. Like it really is just, that's what happens when you eat a smash burger. Now eat a smash burger that comes from a rancher down the street. You might as well just become uncle Sam immediately. Like communism no longer stands a chance because you are eating grass fed, true American beef from your farmer down the road neighbor in a smash burger with American cheese. That's the most American thing I can think of. Amen. Just serve it up with some fries and a slice of pie and you will solve all. This is the, this is what our country needs to rally around. This is what would unify us. Imagine how much more efficient Congress would be if they were having smash burgers before they walked into like the Senate hall. Well, no, how, imagine how much more efficient it would be if they had smash burgers in there because they'd be too busy eating to talk about screwing things up worse. Well, that's They'd just be distracted. So that is that's true. really, okay, smash burger, maybe the namesake restaurant, we will put in an order for you to deliver to the Capitol. I um, forgot that there is a smash burger restaurant. It's not very good. For a name like smash burger, it should be better than it is. I've only had it like twice and it was all right, but not, you know. Yeah, it's not you know, bad, but it isn't no. like, it isn't. When you think of the name Smashburger, I hope that's not what you like, what the correlation yeah. is in your mind, because a Smashburger that you make in your backyard, it's not even close. It's worlds different. Right. So uh, it is worlds different, but it's also not the only place that does Smashburgers. Like In N Out, they smash their burgers. That's uh, true. Culver's, they smash their burgers. It's, it, it's the diners. Like that was the way to make a burger 50 years ago. Yeah. Uh, there is. Okay, we got to give a shout out to our guy, Jake Hatch. Yeah. Uh, the Locked On Cougars podcast. Uh, great show, daily podcast, tons of content, right? Like BYU driven content. Uh, he actually talked a little bit about us on the show uh, just today, in fact. And he mentioned that, hey, you know, Jeff Garrett, they do a great job over there. Fun BYU information, but they have a lot of fun. They talk food, barbecue, other stuff, and we do. Like, if you're listening to this show, we are on, like, episode, I don't know, 45 or something like that. We're, we're, per, we're well, I almost said pert near. That's how American I'm feeling. I'm using words like, hey, we're pert near a year into this show. Um, we do have a lot of fun. Jake does a lot of sports-driven information content. It's a great job. It's also a lot of fun. But it's much more BYU-centric than what we do, especially in the last couple of weeks, because there has just not been anything really BYU oriented that anybody could talk about. 
There is BYU stuff to talk about today. Finally. Finally. We have a full agenda of BYU-related things, and I almost don't know what to do with it because there's so much BYU content to talk about. I mean, I think we got to start with the most pressing thing, which the most pressing thing on the schedule is, well, the most pressing is basketball. You may say it's spring ball, but really the most pressing is basketball because spring ball is going to take a bit longer of a discussion and there's more to talk about there. But basketball, the WCC tourney is basically, it's exactly how we thought it was going to be, right? We are the two seed behind Gonzaga and there's a painfully late 10 p.m. tip-off on Monday night in the semifinal. And then we'll probably end up playing Gonzaga in the final on Tuesday night. And now I'm excited. I just want to see, like, the team is playing better than they have all year. I want to see, hopefully, I, I want to see them show the maturity to not blow it in the semi. And then, like they did last year. And yeah. then also, you know, how are they going to play the Zags? Because really, if they play the Zags close and it's like, even well if they knock them off then that's incredible but if it's like even if they lose but it's like oh they lost to gonzaga by four that is probably good for a one maybe two seed bump depending on like you know where because they're kind of like if they're right on the edge of like uh like they're not solidly a seven they're like a maybe a six maybe a seven beating gonzaga could put would push them up to like a five or you know, or playing them really close to be like, okay, you went from iffy to solidly a six seed because you know, yeah. like you guys are playing, you're peaking at the right time, and you just you know lost to Gonzaga by one, right? Like that that means something, and so I'm really excited to see in the third matchup how they play. But first off, is that you have to get through Monday night and gotta, gotta get, get through, through Monday night, which it's hard because it's like you haven't played, the other teams have gotten a game in. And then play, you know, maybe two, and then yeah. gotten the break on Sunday, and then now it's a 10 p.m. tip off. There's a lot of like trappiness about that game on Monday night. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, there's uh, it's got a lot of trap feel to it, but there is um, you know, but I think I, they I should wish take care of business. That they were, I wish they were playing St. Mary's just because I would love to beat St. Mary's for a third time this year. And St. Mary's is hot garbage. Like you have to emphasize the H when you say hot garbage. That's how bad they are. They are hot garbage. Like think of like Nicolas Cage, hot garbage. That's how bad St. Mary's is this year. So I'm a little disappointed that BYU won't be able to play them for a third time. It probably will be Pepperdine. And that matchup scares me. Yeah. Pepperdine, they didn't, I mean, Pepperdine beat BYU, first of all. But Pepperdine always gives BYU a really tough, tough, tough game. Uh, I think BYU should take care of business. I think the senior team, isn't it funny that it's a senior laden team this year after losing all of those seniors last year, but you know, with Averett Harms and Barcelo, like that's, that's your what, leadership. That's what grad team. transfers do for you. Yeah. And so I think that those three will keep things steady enough and BYU style of play is conducive to being able to win ugly right? Like they don't have to bring their a game and be able to shoot 60% from three in order to win against a team like Pepperdine. They should be able to grind it out, play defense, rebound well, and score in the post and beat Pepperdine. Now, do they have to shoot 60% from three to beat Gonzaga? Probably. But in order to beat Pepperdine, they should be able to stick to their fundamentals. Uh, And I agree with you. You beat Pepperdine, you move on, you play Gonzaga well. It is a, it is an increase in your tournament seating um, which leads us into the bracket of the week. Factor 
I don't even know. Factor.ddns.net. So DDNS is like a service. So that this dude actually has this like running on his computer. So okay. it's like, it's basically, it's just like a forwarding service. So okay. It's yeah. Well, whatever it is, I don't care. This man or woman, I guess. I mean, it, we don't know. It could be anything. Could just be a bot for all we know. This being has BYU projected as a number two seed. Is that realistic? Probably not. But I'll be damned if we're not going to give a shout out to this guy. They also have as, this as the 69th strength of schedule. Ooh. So it is a nice ranking. Yes, it's a very nice ranking. And I got to tell you, how, I mean, are you, are you looking at the website right now? Yes. How funny does it look to see two WCC logos in the top eight? It uh, just looks a little bit weird. Mostly because the, the new WCC logo is horrible and reminds me of an, a local IT consulting firm that was founded in 2003. Like that's just kind of got that vibe. Like if you, yeah, um, okay. I like if it, I if it, I realized that, but it does. but if you looked at it and it was like West Coast Computers or something, yeah. and it yeah, was like okay. your local IT experts, that <laughs> that's what their logo would look like. You're right. I think it's fun. I don't like to take shots at the Pac-12. You know, we we've talked about this. I'm not that fan. I mean, I kind of am. I think I I think I am more than I think I am. You know, as we've gone, I, I've taken my fair shots, and I think every time I do it. I bring a little bit of that caveat of, I don't like to take these shots. I, I, I really don't think I'm above this, ladies and gentlemen. I think I do like to take these shots. You get two WCC logos before you see a Pac-12 logo. And really, you have room for two more WCC logos before you get to that Pac-12 logo. Like, it's bad. The Pac-12, they also, hot garbage. It's bad. USC is ranked. Okay. I mean, we're looking at factors. So take this for what it's worth, but USC is ranked 16th in this guy's rating. Uh, Colorado is 21. Oregon is 25. Then you got to go all the way down to 36, 51. I mean, the PAC 12 is trash. Yeah. So the, the PAC 12 is the worst of the like power conferences, right? Cause it's the power conferences in basketball. They say it's like, you know, the P5 leagues plus the Big East. Uh, so the Pac-12 is sixth. And that They're full on Ken Palm. They're like, on average, two points behind the Big East. And the American is like, their average rating is a plus nine and change. Then the A-10. And then right behind the A-10, you have the Mount, the West Coast Conference. And then you have the Mountain West is 11th. The sandwich between the Missouri Valley and the MAC. You have the Mountain West checking in. Ugh, and that's with... San Diego State being ranked in the top 20. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. So, yeah, because San Diego State is um, – uh, where are they ranked? Yeah, San Diego State is ranked number 20. And then they are – and then you have Utah State is ranked 45. And Colorado State I, is I 61. Hope, but then the rest of them, it's like horrible. I hope the Aggies get in. Like I we, – we've discussed this on the show that I think I would – Rather, if Utah and Utah State are playing, I think I'm cheering for the Utes. I, I don't have any, like, love or admiration for the cute little Aggies up north. I really don't. But I hope they get in simply because I feel for any of the teams 
that were like BYU last year. The teams that were peaking at the right time, playing great basketball, and not teams like North Carolina and Duke that go to the tournament every year. Teams that were getting back to the tournament and playing good ball only for COVID to take that away last year. I feel for those teams. So even you, Utah State, even you, I feel bad for, and I hope they make it back this year simply because it was ripped away from all of those players a year ago. I, I, but do I don't agree. know if they will. They got to play well in their tournament. The thing is, Utah State fans, they will always be like, we never get in the tournament. We don't get any respect. And it's like, okay, well, the entire time Stumero was your coach, you played like 18 D2 schools all at home. And that was your whole non-conference schedule besides BYU. Yeah. So that's yeah, true. But they have done better in that regard recently. And so, and I, I hope guess. they get into just so they can feel the high of getting in and then get like smashed. I want them to lose to Winthrop, who is uh, yeah, like UNC Greensboro or something, yes. you know? Yes. Um, yeah, actually, I think those two schools are playing tomorrow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did look up when, so I went to a lot of Winthrop games last year cause they were, well, so where I was living in South Carolina, right on the edge, it was like, I was about 15 minutes from Winthrop's campus in South Carolina, or like I was about 40 minutes, 35 minutes from UNC Charlotte's campus. So I went to, I had these Charlotte football tickets, but I went to a bunch of Winthrop basketball tickets. Cause it was like, their games were always at like three in the afternoon on Saturday and tickets were like five bucks. So I was like, whatever, well, go. go to a game. But they, including, I was at the Big South Conference Championship last year. But I started going because they knocked off St. Mary's in Moraga mm. last year. And so I was like, I'm all aboard. Winthrop, you're down the road for me. Like, I'm on board. You beat St. Mary's. I'm down with the Winthrop Eagles. And uh, they were actually undefeated. It's so sad. They're like 23 and one. They, their one game, they lost to UNC Asheville by two points. At the very end of the game, they could have been an undefeated 16 seed, which would have been awesome to be like undefeated 16 seed, undefeated Gonzaga, and then they lose by like 600 points. Whatever this one, but would have just been fun to see. It would have been cool. Um, the last thing we got to talk about there was a bunch of WCC awards. Uh, Caleb Lohner on the all freshman team, Alex Barcelo, all first team, Matt Harms, defensive player of the year. And then I think Averett and Barcelo were both on the second, second team. Yeah, Averett was the, the second team. The one that I really want to talk about that we don't talk about enough, co-player of the year, Shaylee Gonzalez for the Lady Cougars. If you have not seen Shaylee Gonzalez play, she is for real. She is the most exciting BYU basketball player, women's BYU basketball player that I can remember in, I don't know, 15 years. Like she's unbelievable. The, the shot, she had a shot against Gonzaga, which was an upset win. Gonzaga wasn't quite where their men's team is, but they were ranked. And she had this, uh, it was like off of a steal or a long rebound. I can't remember. And she got the long rebound kind of was on the break and hit somebody with a crossover and pulled up for a three and drilled it. And yeah. that's just not the kind of move that you see in the women's game very often. And she's unbelievable. So Shaylee Gonzalez, huge shout out to our girl Shaylee. I've been following her. It was a bummer when she was hurt last year with a knee injury. She's back this year. She's great. I hope she comes back again, but she could go to the WNBA. I mean, she's very, very, yeah. so very she, good. 
her freshman year, she averaged 17 points a game, 4.1 assists, 5.6 boards. This year, she's averaging 18 and a half a game, 3.7 assists, 5.2 boards. She's unbelievable. So, and then and yeah. those are those are those stats, right? Like you've got to take that into the women's game is different than the men's game. The scoring isn't as high. It's not as fast paced. Like it's a little bit more fundamental basketball, like back in the old days, a few more set plays, right. Things like that. Right. She's just fun to watch, man. Like she's one of my favorite BYU athletes really ever. And Porter Gustin's sister is on the team. So, so how about that? yeah, his sister, actually, she's third in the country with 12.9 rebounds a game. She's great. And what is yeah, her name? She, Lauren? Lauren? Lauren Gustin? Yep. Lauren Gustin. And let's see here. Shaylee. Uh, I mean, she's like 50th in the country, but it's, you know, so much of that is just depending on system and things. Um, but so, yeah, she can, so many she women's can teams, like you have one scorer. Yeah. And that's it. So yeah, it's like, you know, you have, although middle Tennessee state has Anastasia Hayes, who is a five, seven guard, who's jacking up 28 points a game. So Love it. props to her. <laughs> All of this is to say, if you get a chance this week to watch the Lady Cougs play, I guess next week, maybe the end of this week, I don't know when they they start their tournament, but if you get a chance to watch the Lady Cougs play in their tournament, you need to watch because it will be worth it. And with that, I think we could safely conclude the basketball segment of our show. Unless there's anything you want to add. No, I think that is a good that is a, it's good, a good place to it's stop. It's a good right? cap. You know, it's, we talked about the men, we talked about the women. Um, let's see. Oh, they also play on Monday. Their first game, they play on Monday at 3 PM is when watch it. They play. Yeah. That so, is my um, recommendation to the world. Just, you're going to be working. Just put it on in the background, right? Like yep. it's towards the end of the day. You're cruising. It's fine. I um, wish, I wish brother rebel would call the women's games. Like I don't know I mean, that he, he doesn't. He does the women's soccer game, so I don't know what. Yeah, he, I, I just don't know if it's it's probably broadcast time. Like I don't know that the like KSL is jonesing to put women's basketball on the middle of a work right. day of you know KSL news. But I I wish that we could hear Greg Rebell's call. I really like women's hoops, man. It's just as more fun. It's like you know, for those we all played basketball. Those of us who played basketball in high school or whatever you think that you were a good basketball player and then you watch actually good basketball players play. And it's like, Oh no, I wasn't even close to that. But when you watch, this isn't to say that the, the, the women's college hoops is like high school basketball, high school men's basketball. It's not what I'm saying, but because the women aren't, you know, like throwing down huge dunks and all this stuff, it's easy to relate to what you're seeing out of the women compared to the basketball that we all played growing up, unless you were, really good and played college ball, which I'm assuming most of us haven't, then watching the basketball or the women play will feel like you're watching. Well, yourself it's, a little it's bit. the way you got told to play, right? Like right. it's more, and it's the same thing with soccer too. Like I, it is like my taught my wife is a very good soccer player. And I actually, I think about it, actually my wife almost went to and played at St. Mary's and then she did. So sucked. I know. I mean, not only with the fact that I wouldn't have met her because she, but she would have had to go to St. Mary. So, wow. um, but the, so she, uh, when you're talking about, it's like women's soccer, it's the same thing. It's a little more fundamental just because you, you can't rely on the athleticism because it just isn't there. Right. Like yeah. it's, you know, it's not, it's just the bodies are different. They move differently. The explosion to, you know, go up and dunk on a breakaway, just, 
it's not the same. And so you, men play a little more reckless, you know, just trying to do yeah. the flash and it's and not, you know, not better or worse, just different. Yeah. And so the, um, <laughs> we actually, uh, funny story about BYU women's basketball, my freshman year before I went on my mission, we thought it'd be funny to go to a basketball game because like we can go in the front row and we can yell as loud as we want. And we know we'll be the only people there. And it'll be funny to hear all the echoes, whatever. So BYU photo took a like picture of us there. And then it's like the rest of the season goes, go on our missions. We come back. And then like a year and a half after I'd been home for my mission, I like look at something on like, go to the BYU Cougars website on website and the front page is the story about basket women's basketball and they were using our picture from like three years before that because it was like the most fan support that they'd ever gotten out of game it was kind of oh, sad that makes me sad i love going to the women's games um but with that i mean that, that that now we're really safely concluding the uh the basketball portion of the show we're bringing more basketball whoever it was that you talked to i know that you had a friend listener of the show requested more basketball content we're delivering we're bringing you more basketball content and in all honesty i I start to care about basketball this time of the year because the tournaments are fun i really hate college basketball refs make it really hard i would rather watch the girls play than the men play because the refs aren't nearly as bad and maybe they are and it's just the game is different i don't know I just can't watch it. I, I, I really can't watch it, but we're bringing you the content because that's what you want, but we're done talking basketball. I can't do it anymore. We're done talking about basketball and we are going to do another quick commercial break to give you a plug for Evolve Bank and Trust. So if you are looking for a purchase to purchase a new home, which Jeff, you are purchasing a new home and maybe I, I will, maybe I'll buy a home soon. I don't know. Or if you are looking at the insanely low interest rates and wanting to refinance your current home, uh, reach out to me and you can reach out to me on Twitter. My DMs are open. Find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook, ask Jeff, he'll send you my number, whatever. And we can look at a mortgage quote for you and find out financials, you know, whatever type of financing you need for your situation and you will be hard pressed to be our rates. So reach out to me and uh, help support me and my family. You know, it's great to support the show, but we all got bills to pay too. So <laughs> help support me and my family in the process as you also take advantage of these low rates to save money for your own family. Uh, and with that, spring ball has started. And it's spring ball is the funniest thing to me because there will be like a 92 second clip posted on the internet that shows like, two throws from each from three different quarterbacks and people will be like, Oh no, I definitely thought the ball is just exploding out of his fan. Did you see how much tighter the spiral was on this one? Like, I definitely think this person has the lead, right? Like it's the amount of assumptions that get made based on such limited, like data of highlights, right? Like it's highlights. They're, they're not going to show you the throw of like where they just totally air mailed it and missed like and totally missed the receiver or threw it out his feet, Jake Heap style, right? Like it's, you know, they're not going to put that out on social media. Although it'd be funny if they did that for a practice. Um, it would be, it would be very funny. do a bloopers reel instead of a highlight reel, but uh-huh. the, you know, it, the amount of things that people read into spring ball is always hilarious to me. So as you have here in our agenda in yeah. all caps, stop asking for concrete decisions in spring ball. What do you yes. mean by that? Well, look, you're not going to hear who the starting quarterback is. Like we had people and I get it right. Like come March football is like the football season is far enough in the rearview mirror 
that it's gone. Like it's clearly the 2020 season is gone. It's been four months now, almost since, since BYU played, but it's still close enough that you remember what football felt like because the Super Bowl was just a month ago. And so you still remember what the, the, the football, what it was like. You haven't forgotten yet. Like once we get to like June and July, nobody even remembers what football felt like. You just know you liked it. But in March, you still remember. So I understand, and I love the passion of fans. And it's not just BYU fans, it's everybody. I love the passion of spring ball. But today, I, I had questions on our, our weekly VIP chat about you know who, who was standing out and, and things that you would expect. Like nobody's asking a bad question. Who was standing out? Who has the edge of the quarterback race? Things like that. They haven't even put pads on yet, folks. Like up until today, everything was just in helmets. And I get it. It's spring ball. We want these decisions. That's how humans are wired. They want concrete progression. Like that's how you progress is you make a decision. That's the next step right now. There is no quarterback in order to move forward. There has to be a quarterback, but that's just not the way that it works. There's practice, there's workouts, there's film. The coaches are going to review the film of the practices throughout the summer to really gauge where the chemistry is between quarterback and receiver and offensive line and who is understanding the playbook the best. They are so far away from naming a starting quarterback. They are so far away from solidifying any sort of a rotation at the defensive line spot. They are so far away from even setting in stone the positions that guys will play. Like this is spring ball and it's spring ball where they haven't even put pads on yet. There are no concrete decisions, zero, not one. Like forget, like people forget last spring ball, Zach wasn't even the starting quarterback, right? Like everybody knew he was, everybody knew Zach Wilson was like anybody who was objectively looking at it. There were some people who tried to convince themselves it was going to be Baylor Romney, but it never was. It was always Zach Wilson. The program knew it. Players that I talked to in the program and they knew it. The coaches that I talked to, they knew it. Everybody knew that Zach was the most talented quarterback in that room last year. But during spring ball, he wasn't even named the starter. Like This just doesn't happen in spring ball. Spring ball is about workouts. And if we didn't have the label of spring ball, I said, I said air quotes, like put that, you know, like Garrett could see my air quotes. I just I assumed the rest of you could. If we didn't have the label of spring ball, this would just be, a glorified workout. Like that's really what it is. But the fact that they could put pads on for 15 practices in the month of March is great for the team. It's great for the coaches. It's great for these players. It is meaningless for anybody who's looking for real information outside of like roster anecdotes. There's just nothing concrete that is going to come out of spring. There's just not. The only thing that may be something concrete is something like somebody who is a big surprise that shows up in the spring. I'm like, like when Matt Bushman came home from his mission and he showed up in the spring is like, you consistently heard his name is this guy. No one was thinking about them, but they've been making plays left and right. They're probably going to be someone you can count on in the fall. Like that sure. is, that is kind of what you think, but these like type of decision, you know, things of like, you're going to hear like out of the receiver room, you're going to be like, Oh, Gunnar Romney looks great. Oh, like a uh, Keanu Hills kind of, kind of finally looks like he's stepping up into his own, right? Like it's, you're going to be, Oh, Neil you're gonna hear looks like it's, you're, it's going to be the generic thing. Cause there's it's no buzzwords. Thing. It's all buzzwords. Cause there's no like unknowns, right? Like tight end, that position is stacked. Not going to hear anything receiver. You know who your top five guys are. 
And that's like who you're going to run with, right? Like, and it's not, there's, you know, you may hear things of a name. It's like, oh, this guy's been making a lot of plays, but, you know, unless they're completely dominant at a position where no one else is really doing much. And it's like Matt Bushman was, it's a high profile position. It's like, oh, you're the only one who's catching the ball and doing anything because the rest of the offense sucks. Like, you know, then you're going to stand out. But like I said, I mean, if you just look at from now until camp is over, so camp being over starting Arizona game prep, like two week, a week and a half, two weeks before the game in September. If you look at those, you are going to see like between the spring balls, the time that they do outside of practice on their own, the PRP the player run practices in the summer and then fall camp, you're talking about you know, and they're splitting it equally, but we know the top two, it's like, it's probably Jaron Hall or Jacob Conover and with Robney nipping at their heels, but he's got a little bit of an uphill climb to make here. And so even between those three, if you say they split them equally, sorry, Sol J. Mayava, um, they, you know, you're looking at probably 1500 reps a piece over the summer at, between at least, you know, because they're, and that doesn't include any player run anything. And that's something that doesn't get, talk about this is why i say that the spring ball is for the roster it's not for decisions it's not for depth charts it's not for game prep it's for the roster and let me let me explain what i mean by that spring ball is when it becomes abundantly clear that somebody is not it right or that somebody has fallen out of the rotation spring ball is for those guys like a devin kafusi who transferred after spring ball last year that he, he started to play a couple of, you know, he played, I think, the first two or three days of spring ball and realized, for better or worse, he just, it wasn't going to work. He wasn't going to play, so he decided to transfer. Right. Like that's what spring ball does. Spring ball gives people an opportunity to showcase what they have done on the scout team or in their own workouts or whatever, and then they can evaluate if they want to stick around and be on the team or not. Coaches can evaluate who needs to be pushed out. Believe it or not, that does happen. So that's what the coaches can evaluate. And then it also gives players who maybe were on the fringe a chance to show that, hey, they've made a lot of progression. I they, They've earned their roster spot. But there's still so much time. Like the other thing that, that happens a lot is somebody comes in, they, they do okay in spring ball. Maybe it was somebody who was supposed to be great. Let's just make up names, right? Like maybe it is Chris Jackson. This is not saying it is Chris Jackson, just as an example. Chris Jackson is supposed to come in and, you know, fill in for Dax Mill next year, as an example. He gets through spring ball and he kind of ho-hums his way through and he doesn't play very well. And it becomes clear to him at the end, it becomes clear to the coaches, hey, we want you to be the guy. You're not even close right now. Well, he has four months to go and work on his own, do his own player run stuff, do his own workouts, get bigger, faster, stronger, learn the playbook better. He could still show up in August and blow the coaches away and be the guy come the Arizona game on September 5th. That's what, that's what spring ball is like spring ball is just this huge evaluation for everybody to see where they fit, to see who's progressed, but it means nothing for the depth chart. It means nothing for the positions. Even the numbers don't mean anything like the numbers that players are wearing really don't mean much. Spring ball is just practices. It's just workouts with pads and the media gets to do some interviews. And that's the other thing. It's so locked down this year. Like nobody really knows. Like nobody really knows anything you're getting. Maybe you'll get some insiders here and there that post little nuggets. It's so locked down. Like nobody knows. 
this yeah. year because of COVID, nobody knows. And even then, like spring ball is the same thing in high school too. Like I don't like the same thing. It's you have your practices. It's kind of an evaluation. It's like okay, we haven't seen you in a few months. You've been working out on your own. Where are you at right now? Then you'll have they'll have a post spring interview and they'll tell guys like, hey, we expected you to come in a little better shape. It doesn't look like you put in the effort. Like you know, they may try to be some guys who kind of get forced out to clear up the scholarship crunch a little bit because they like, you didn't take any jump. Like you're not really getting better. Guys may just see the writing on the wall that, you know, there will be kind of an internal depth chart of like, this is what we're looking at, like in how we're going to go forward with this. This is, you know, where things are at and this is how you fit into the picture. Or if you want to, if you want to be the guy, this is what you need to do. And we're counting on you to do this. And if you, so it's kind of, it's mostly like, it's a recalibration of expectations, both for the coaches of what they can see, like, okay, what do we need a game plan around for this upcoming season and how we change our scheme to fit our talent. And also for the players to say, like, if I want playing time, this is what I need to fix between now and August. And so it's that it's the calibration of expectations. And that's really all I want to see out of it. Um, And it's a good way to put it. There are, but there are players that it's like, you want to hear, you know, you want to hear names of guys that like were okay in limited action. And then it's like, yes, they took that step. Right. And one of those, it's like, well, you know, last year, Isaac Rex took that step when Matt Bushman got hurt and he scored more season touchdowns last season than Matt Bushman did his entire BYU career extremely well. And I don't know how much we're going to hear about the elk in spring ball, but we were here about the elk many, many times over for uh, the next couple of seasons. We're going to hear about the elk, the name of the elk forever. So I told, remember, do you remember the post that set me off that week? Some post on Cougar board about how we were ripping it off and we were trying to capitalize off of Isaac Rex and it was stupid. And I can't even remember who it was, but we basically cast them off on the, the episode that week that somebody went to Cougar board and, and basically mocked the elk. And I said, no, the elk is for real. The elk is supported. Well, the elk is publicly supported now. So Byron Rex, he bought a couple of elk shirts back in the day, back when that first went live and back when that thread was, was going. But today, Amy Rex, Isaac's mom, Preston Rex's mom, let's not forget the Rex pipeline is just getting started. There are more Rexes coming preston rex is next in line amy rex tweeted i guess she quote tweeted a highlight of isaac making a catch and she said hashtag elk mode and i love it the elk is gonna stick we have the full support of the rex family if you're not on board with the elk at this point you're getting left behind like the bandwagon is moving forward so get on board because if you're not you will be left behind and you will have to be like fiddling around, trying to come up with these nicknames for this great tight end. No, the nickname is established. He is the elk. elk. That's it. And elk mode is what he's going to go into. There are a bunch of wonderful elk gifts. If you just use the gift keyboard on Twitter, there's a lot of elk gifts. Isaac Rex plays like an elk. His family is supporting the elk. There is elk gear that you can buy. Get on board, folks, because it's happening. Byron and Amy Rex support it. I have to assume that means that Isaac is on board as well. The elk is happening, folks. 
I don't know what else there is to say. The elk originated right here at Give Em Hell Brigham. Give Em Elk Brigham. Give Em Elk Isaac. Give Em Elk. The, you know, I, I think it's good to see, you know, it's always funny when people get like upset on behalf of other people. Right. Like it's because it's like, okay, if if they had said something about it, then it's like, okay, we would have respected your wishes, like, right, like whatever. But they thought it was funny. Like, and so well, they're and running the with thing. it. Like like getting upset, like, ah, are you just like ripping off Isaac Rex? It's just funny when people and I'm sure I do it, but it's funny when people kind of spout off like that without knowing what's really going on. The fact that as that post was making its way through cougar board i had a conversation with byron rex about how funny the shirts were so like come on guys like just come on um that wasn't the only news there's more the other news that we got this week was um you know there are two new series announced so a series with ole miss um a home and home which is is awesome because it's a home and home with an sec team Right. And then starting in Provo, that's maybe the bigger thing. The first game is in Provo. Right. And so that's what, well, I guess that's the second time that's happened in with an SEC because the Mississippi state series, the first game was in Provo in 2016. Um, With Mississippi and Utah. I like that. I don't know with the, uh, so announced, so BYU announced games home and home with Ole Miss and let's see what year uh, in 2028 and 2029. Yes. And then also added Dixie to the 2024 schedule. The school formerly known as Dixie. Uh, yes, I mean, they're I'm... still currently Dixie, but I think Dixie's nut days are numbered and they will be, I hope it's just like St. George University. I hope they don't try to do something lame like Deseret or Zion. Yeah. I hope they stick with St. George. I kind of secretly, not because I think it's a great name, but if they decided to call themselves Red Rocks University, I think that would kind of be funny because the Utah gymnastics team calls themselves the Red Rocks, but they couldn't do that anymore if there's a full-fledged university in the state that is Red Rocks University. So I kind of like the idea of Red Rocks. And then a a sleeper is Snow Canyon. I think Snow Canyon University would be really cool too, but that's more of a high school name. I mean, it is a high school, but it feels kind of high schooly, but I like Snow Canyon University. I don't know what they are going to change that to, because that that is interesting to me to to uh, to see where that goes. So this actually brings it up. So we have now with the updated schedule. So there's still one more game to schedule next year. Um, we have already scheduled, um, or sorry, for 2022. We've already scheduled Dixie's the FCS game, so it will probably be. I mean, hopefully P5 game, but probably be like a P5 mid upper five, and then. Oh, I haven't actually updated my sheets. So that might actually be covered by the USF game. When did last week, we also announced a series with the USF. I don't know. We didn't cover that on the show. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, uh, I, Cause I was going to say, I think we do have a completed 2022. Yeah. So that was completed. Yes. Yeah, so it was 2022 um, in, uh, in Tampa and um 2022 in tampa and then 2023 at home so that completes uh 2022 2023 there is one more game left to schedule and then there's and then we get to 24 and 25 there's like five seven games left 10 left in 2026 so we'll see over the next you know 
probably maybe one or two more games scheduled, but it's, we'll see over the next uh, maybe month, we may see one more announcement, but we'll start to see those kind of fill in, but it kind of seems like there is a break. There's a clear break at that 2025 and some of it feels I need to, I need to go back to look and see when stuff was announced, but obviously we're four years away from 2025, but it feels like we had more games announced on the 2021 schedule at this time in 2017 than we do now for 2025 and like beyond. So in that, I, that may be business history or that may, I'm like, is that reading into, you know, going around, you know, the, you know, dealing with the grant of rights and what's alignment going to do and whatever. And there's probably, that's probably part of it, but also it's probably like, there's like a one game difference and we're just kind of reading into things. Right. Cause we look, we just announced a home and home with USF for starting next season. Right. And so it's well, not. And, and to, to be completely fair, right. Like there are still eight games announced for 2025. Right. It's the so 2026 it's like it's, is where it's like, hmm, we haven't oh, really okay. been announcing as okay. much like, you know, once, cause it's after that 2025 season is when everything expires. Well, even then still seven games on that schedule that have been announced. Troy, Arizona, Utah, Vatek, Utah state, Boise state, Stanford. You know what I realized in, in uh, doing some research for that Dixie state game when I was writing an article, BYU and Boise State do not play in there's 2024. There's one year they don't play. And I don't know why. I wonder if that was BYU's request to get off of the cycle of playing at Salt Lake and at Boise every year and try to alternate those two rivalry games. I think so. That's I'm, I think that's part of it because it if you had to get rid of one, then. Uh, no, that's know, the only thing I could think. It, it would be nice to alternate those. So at least you don't get, I mean, it, it just, it's nice to have one marquee rivalry game every year rather than, right. uh, you know, in each location rather than having. And, and with all due respect to Utah state, they're just not a marquee anything. So uh, I have a question for you before we move on. Will give them hell, Brigham still be going strong when BYU plays their previously announced game on September 1st, 2035 against Stanford. Will we be doing this in 14 and a half years from now? Um, I'm going to go with, yes, I think so. We'll see. We'll see it in, in what, six years, four and a half years, however, five and a half years. No, no, no. 2035. Oh, oh the 2035. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about 14 that 14 and a half years. Uh, I sure as hell hope I was looking at this 2026 Stanford game. Um, no, actually, by that point, no, we will probably have just been give them hell, bring them. It will morph by then and probably be picked up by a national media broadcaster. If, if it's not, there's no way we're still putting in the time, right? No, it's no. <laughs> I don't I know. mean, we'll be 40. I'll be 46 years old. Yeah, I'll be 44 and it's uh maybe our kids will be doing it. Yeah, we'll get my daughter would be 20. My son, he's got no interest in sports, zero whatsoever. In fact, I asked him if he would rather um, go to school or play baseball. And he says, go to school. I've asked him if he would rather eat broccoli or play baseball. And he says, eat broccoli. So I don't have a whole lot of hope, but he would be about 18 at the time. So conceivably he could. You know, he could pull it together and yeah, figure his life out. I doubt it. Uh, I want to talk about 
One last thing before we wrap this up and call it a show. We're not going to talk about jerseys. There's been so much talk about jerseys. There were new jerseys this week. If you haven't caught that, they're everywhere. We have an article coming out that where we kind of talk a little bit about some of our feelings on the jerseys. So we'll 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 let you guys read that on cougarsportsinsider.com because there's just been so much jersey content. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, it's and with all due respect, you've, you've seen it. You know that you've seen you've the pictures. Seen it. If you're listening between, to this, you've seen the pictures. Between all the content that BYU put out, and with all due respect to our internet blogging counterparts, uh, the New Jerseys, man, people flocked to get their opinion pieces up on BYU's jerseys. There's just no sense in us talking about it. So there's New Jerseys. There's new helmets. I don't love the Royal. I'll be fine. I like the Navy. You don't like the Navy. We'll both be fine. Those are our thoughts. That's what we're going to talk about when it comes to the jerseys. What I want to talk about is Cannon DeVries, Weber High School. Uh, he's just an athlete. I mean, whether you want to call him a receiver, whether you want to call him a cornerback, a safety, uh, whether you just want to say that he's a return man, he received an offer yesterday. Yesterday? Two days ago. Sometime this week, he received an offer from BYU. He is a spectacular football player. One of the best football players in the state that nobody is talking about. When I look at Cannon DeVries, uh, I think that the best comparison that I could think of for him is Scotty Edwards, who ended up signing with, uh, with Stanford that played at Olympus High School, I can't remember, two years ago now. Yep. And Cannon and Scotty have a lot of similarities. I think that Cannon ultimately becomes a bigger recruit than, than Scotty Edwards was, who ultimately landed at Stanford. I mean, he was no no low profile, no slouch in his own right. I think Cannon has a bigger profile than he does. Uh, he's a stud. I talked to him this week. He likes BYU. His mom, his mom's side of the family, all big BYU fans. His dad, his dad's side of the family, all big Utah State fans. Uh, inexplicably utah state has not offered him at this point they've offered everybody in the state of utah what are you doing like anderson honestly though they've offered everybody in the state of utah including a bunch of guys who probably shouldn't have received an offer or at least not this early but they didn't offer cannon to i don't really understand why colorado offered cannon earlier this week uh there's a number of other schools that are lurking about and will probably extend an offer soon uh, he could end up being another Stanford type guy. He's close to a 4-0 student. He's a three-sport guy. He runs track. I'm excited to see his track t- track times this year. He's a legitimate 4-4 guy. When he's on the field, he's a legitimate probably mid-4-4s as a high school junior. Uh, that's fast, folks. Like That's really, really fast. Uh, he does a lot of really good things. Excited to see him on, on the track, uh, on track and field this year. Get him into the 100, see what his time is plays basketball, plays exceptionally well. I like him. I like, he's a heck of a kid. He's, he's really fun. His, his family's great. And he's a Northern Utah guy. And everybody knows how much I love my Northern Utah guys. Yeah, you do love those. So he is, I'm trying to think of who he kind of reminds me of. Um, Uh, If you just look at his picture, does he kind of remind you of Tom Brady's child? In a way. Yes. Like he, he has that Tom Brady look. He doesn't quite have the butthole chin that Tom had. Like Tom kind of grew out of that. And it makes me wonder if you look at Tom Brady as a rookie, like he had that like very pronounced butthole chin. Yeah. 
And Tom Brady now, it's kind of not there. And I don't he know probably if that's had, something. Yeah, I'm sure he had some work done. Giselle was like, mm, no, that's not working for me. So he has to be, right? So how do you think they do that? Do they go through and is it like Botox, Botox like in your fillers? chin butthole? I don't know. I don't know how <laughs> you would do that. I don't know either. But if I was going to say his game, he almost kind of reminds me of like sort of like a Ty Burke out of Syracuse, who's a preferred walk on. Okay. Their game is very similar, except for. DeVries can freaking fly like that kid yeah, can move, good. but it's, he's, he's primed for a breakout uh, and uh, he's, he's primed for a breakout. We have a visitor. Hi. We got another visitor. I love it. I love it when we get visitors. Oh, and this one is a more fun visitor. Oh yes. Last Wait, time it was pork chop, but he just kind of looked at us. I know this is, you want to say hi? No. Okay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that was... There it is. That's all you need folks. This is a family affair. And welcome I'm to the shy. show. Oh, you're shy. Hey, what do you say about BYU? You say go. Go cats. Go cats. No, we're not rooting for Arizona <laughs> right now. I mean, a cougar is a cat. It's true. Um, Cannon DeVries, when I watch him play, Ty, I like the Ty Burke. I'm trying to think of a player who has played previously that you could kind of relate to. Honestly, uh, he looks really similar to what Diane looked like when he was yeah. coming out of Northridge High School. Diane was, you know, he never got like super tall. He was like 5'10", 5'11". And uh, Cannon, I think, is listed at six feet, and that's maybe a little bit generous. Uh, but he, he plays and he runs really similarly to the way that Diane played. I don't know if he ends up being quite as quick laterally as, as Diane was to the point that he could play corner. but he's very good. He's very fast. He's only going to get better. Uh, so that was the recent offer this week. Really fun player to watch. Go check out his highlights. If you haven't, there's a free, not even a VIP article. Normally these profiles are VIP. You got to be a subscriber. This one is free because I like Cannon DeBrise because I like his defensive coordinator who, who was kind enough to uh, give us a quote, talk about him a little bit. CougarSportsInsider.com. It's right there on the front page today. It is free. We've had a great show. Garrett. It has been a great show. And uh, it's been fun to talk about BYU again. It had been so long. It was good to be able to do that for a change. You know, it's oh. we have news and multiple sports things to talk about, which is just great. Yeah, and hopefully this is a sign of the things to come and that there is only more exciting news this week. This time next week, we'll know how BYU played in the WCC tournament. We might know a little bit more about some things at spring ball. I think there's another scholarship offer too that are, is going to go out here in the coming days. Should be another good week full of BYU content and we'll, we'll cover it all. Uh, we don't have a homework assignment. No, no we, homework this week. Do we need any? Do we need to cook something? No, I mean, I'm probably going to make smash burgers again. Okay, but, well. Because I can't say no to that. But actually, so I don't know. We don't, we'll come up with something. All right. We'll, we'll put something out there on, uh, uh, on our Twitter feed. The last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to get out of here. I have four hats. I guess I have six hats, four addresses. Okay. But I have six hats that I don't have addresses for. I need addresses. If you have not given me your address and you bought a give them hell, bring them hat. I need your address. Otherwise it's getting sent. And with that, we'll wrap up. Hey, so. Can you say, give them heck, Jeff? I don't like it.
Give him back, yes. <laughs> you don't want to give him back. Okay. <laughs> that, give him hell. Give him hell. <laughs>